Sana, what is the cardinal sin of podcasting? Cardinal spine? Cardinal sin. Now you've got me saying things all enunciated properly. Cardinal. Do you know what a cardinal sin is? No. I think it's like, whatever you do, don't do this. That's a cardinal sin. Oh, that's so you. Yeah, I think it has to do with cardinals, which, which is the office of the Catholic Church. I don't know what the exact connection is, but that's essentially what it means. I'm like, not Catholic. Why do you ask me this question? Yeah, why would I expect you to know? Because you're not Catholic. Well, Sana, the cardinal sin of podcasting, I'm going to share this in just a minute. And the reason this this is on my mind is because I just finished recording and then editing and then re-recording this most recent module for the Podcasting Zero to Sixty course. And the title of the lesson that I recorded is The Cardinal Sin of Podcasting. And it's like, just like I said in in our opening... Whatever you do, don't do this. And when it comes to podcasting, it is whatever you do, don't be boring. You is, you're so boring, and you're preaching not to be boring. <laughs> okay. See, this is what makes our podcast interesting, is that Sana is always picking on me. I'm not picking on you. I'm talking about reality. You want to take it as though I'm picking on you. Exa- this, is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. See, this is not boring. And so I allow Sana... To take digs at me while we're recording and no time else ever do I allow her to poke fun at me at all. I only allow it for the podcast so that it can be interesting for our listeners. <laughs> That's his dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yes. So that is the cardinal sin of podcasting is being boring. I have said on on this podcast feed and I've said in various courses that we offer, such as the podcasting zero to 60. And that is you have to be, first and foremost, you have to consider yourself to be an entertainer when you're doing your podcast. And this is, this throws people out for a loop because we think, we hear the word entertain and we think that it means that you have to always clowning around, always joking, always have a joke at the ready and Anytime you see an opportunity for a, a, a like a, a bad dad joke, you've got to throw it in there so that you can be entertaining. And because uh, if you're not, then you're going to lose your listeners. And, and that, that's just not the case. That's not what entertaining means. I think the best word uh, to describe it or to, to describe what you need for a podcast is to be captivating. You want to be able to hold people's attention. And when you think of it that way, there are times when humor is definitely useful, but it's hardly essential. I mean, if you're talking about the current trial with the Oath Keepers on the January 6th uh, uh, event of 2021, you're not going to use humor to to have a podcast about that or, or any type of uh, media reporting on that. It, that that would be in bad taste to have to use humor in that. Uh, but you want to be captivating. You want to do things that are going to hold the uh, the uh, the attention of your audience. So humor is useful, but it's not 
the only way to do it. Whenever I say entertaining, or anytime you ever hear someone say that you have to be entertaining with your podcast, uh, just take the word entertaining out and use the word captivating. That's a much better descriptor. I have noticed a couple of things, Sana, with podcasters, the clients that we have and other podcasts that I've observed, and that is people are just too dang predictable. You just noticed this? I already discovered this when I came out of my mom's belly. Right. Yes. People are just too, they're too, um, What's? I don't know the word, but they just don't want to take risks. They're afraid that if they say things that, that are going to stoke people's anger or they're going to get people offended or they might get, get themselves canceled. And that's a very real fear. But the thing about podcasting is that it's like, it, I've always thought of it as kind of like the Wild West, but it's a it's one of the last great barriers to this cancel culture. Like, but that's not a fear. What? That's not a fear. What's, a, what's not a fear? They just don't want to disrespect the other person. They just want to agree with their opinion, with their belief system and stuff like that. No, I'm talking about this phenomenon. And you're, you're see, you're new to America, so you don't, maybe you're not, as attuned to this as others are, are attuned to it. But there are people... I'm, I'm here in America for the first time, but exactly. I have grew up with a lot of American families, classmates, and I am very familiar with American culture. However, I am talking about, uh, when I mean cancel culture, I'm talking about in the last probably, I'd say probably the last three years, probably dating to about... 2019, it really, from from my perspective, people will disagree as to when it actually started. Some people will probably say it started when when uh, mankind came into existence. I, I don't know. But it's this phenomenon here, especially here in America, where people literally get canceled. Like if they say something on YouTube, for example, that is not, that, that is not in line with what the headmasters at YouTube think is allowable opinion... They will literally cancel your account. I've heard of people with millions of followers, and their that's their entire income is dependent on YouTube, or largely dependent on YouTube. And then they say something that is uh, like they express dissent from the official line on the COVID vaccines, and YouTube will cancel them. And so that's what I'm talking about: cancel culture and, and university professors here in America and. In Canada, here in the so-called civilized world, they say something that is offensive to one of their students. The student goes on social media or goes to the faculty or the, the whoever the, the professor's boss is and complains and said, this person hurt my feelings and I feel threatened. I, feel I need to go to my safe space. And this university professor who has given their entire adult life to this, this profession, they get canned. Because they've offended maybe one, maybe, I don't know, maybe a handful of students with their words. And they just say what they believe is, but they get, they get fired because it's, it doesn't fall in line with the so-called official way of thinking. That's what I mean by cancel culture. I don't know if, you, if you're in tune with that or if, if that rings a bell at all. Uh, yeah, I do understand what you're talking about, but I want to also counter argue with your ideology on okay. this go for it i believe in law of utilitarianism uh, and i also believe do unto others as you wish them to do unto you 
and also love your neighbor like yourself like like you love your enemy as your neighbor and also in the business or maybe social community life i also believe in um, bringing mutual benefit or bringing benefit to the maximum number of people but a lot of people might argue with me and say how do you know what your action can bring maximum benefit to num- many number of people because everybody has their own belief and ideas opinion that might not really align with mine that i think it is bringing maximum benefit for example but um we cannot make it perfect but i like to make it close to it so when you talk about uh, for example the owner of youtube comes and suddenly shut down a person's business or a po- uh, a video or whatever if if they are receiving a lot of feedback that are negative or the video is really affecting the society in a negative manner, uh, you don't want to uh, offer an app where people are committing suicide, people are committing um, hurt, you know, injured, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or maybe families fall apart or just because of that specific specific video or uh, whatever has been shared on it because of your app which is for example youtube um, people get hurt so you want to minimize that hurt and pain and you have no choice to just stop it because the person who produced it why they produce it because they believe in it it's their belief and they think it's right they will never gonna stop they will continue but as a result there are few clients and customers of youtube that get hurt and it might bring negative impact to the whole YouTube organization. Right. And that those are all very good points. And uh, I love the your feedback and the spirit in which you say it. Uh, my main point with, we're just, I mean, we're, we're just using YouTube as an example. Facebook has come under fire for its its own ever-evolving so-called community standards. And I've, I've heard countless stories of people who are, in quote Facebook jail because they say something that uh, that that is viewed as objectionable, and they don't and the the rules aren't really posted like they're they're not really they're not they're not well known they're always changing people who who have built their businesses using Facebook and YouTube they get canceled because they've broken rules that they didn't know existed and they've given they've been given no opportunity to fix it or or address it or change their content or you know take a video down that's objectionable like YouTube has every right in the world to allow whatever they want on their platform it's their platform they can cancel or they can ban whoever they want but when people are building their business with it and uh <laughs> our dog is going crazy in the here in the beautiful weather and the the grass but when people are having their accounts canceled and they don't understand why well that's not really fair of youtube and my whole point with this sauna is that podcasting you can you can you can say whatever you want within reason you can't say anything that's going to be immoral or that's going to slander anybody or i mean you can and not get canceled but but that we're talking about basic morality here but i'm saying that you can it, it's there's still a great deal of freedom in the podcasting space which is w- one of the things that I find very attractive about it you can always do that and I mean we've kind of devolved from talking about being entertaining to being canceled on YouTube I don't know how that happened yeah if you compare 
a very big platform like YouTube and podcast. They're two different things. So with podcasts, if somebody doesn't like it, they very simply click a button and unsubscribe or not download it anymore. Yes. But if um, what you're saying, I think it's more suitable and match to the, the scenario you're putting in for our audience uh, it matches to podcast but um, YouTube I don't think it works because YouTube owned by the YouTube organization or that person who found it mm-hmm. and everybody basically used that platform to earn um, their business and give something to the owner of YouTube as well so they are not sole owner of their videos right mm. and that and that and I think what I was saying is that uh, YouTube, which is owned by Google, they have, uh, by law and really morally, they have the right to deplatform anyone they want because mm. uh, it, 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 it's their their own business, it's their platform, and they have that right. And what, I think if I could sum up what I'm saying, what I'm saying is is not necessarily to criticize YouTube. What I'm saying is don't put all your eggs in the YouTube basket because people are being deplatformed for saying things that they believe are true, but don't fall in line with the official uh, truth. You can put your eggs in our basket. Yes, put your eggs in our basket. And that's why we have the uh, Learnistic app because I've known and followed the founders of Learnistic for years and I know that they would never, ever uh, allow what happens with uh, the uh, the cancel culture that you find in YouTube and some of these huge big tech platforms. And that's what I love about it because I trust them. I trust the founders and I know them. Uh, I like them sometimes and uh, I trust them most importantly. So all that to say, just don't be boring. And I don't think this episode has been boring and I hope you enjoyed it. And we invite you to check us out on the web at jamesandsana.com. Thank you for listening. Otherwise, we're going to dig the ground on the back of our house, put a tombstone on. Tombstone on. Tombstone. Tombstone. Next episode, we're going to talk about the. We, we live on Lanstown Road here in Virginia Beach. And there's actually uh, the property that we live on. We're renting a, an apartment on a property. But the property actually has. Uh, gravestones that are over a hundred years old, and they were all there. All of the names are land, so that's how it got to be called Landstown. It's a major section of Virginia Beach. So maybe next time we'll talk about uh, Landstown and graves and stuff like that. Should be fun. All right, thank you guys again for listening. We will be in your earball soon, and check us out on the web at jamesandsana.com. To get to know James and Sana on a deeper level and to learn how to support our little show, go to Vojdan.com. That's V-O-J-D-A-N dot com.